0: This podcast is a ministry of Christian Life Center in Berwyn, Illinois. Our goal is to create a real faith for the real world, and we hope this helps you grow. For more information on Christian Life Center, visit us at our website, www.berwynag.org. Thank you. If you have your Bible, turn with me to Hebrews chapter 4. Talking about the vision of the house today. We've been talking all year about pursuing God, but today we're talking about specifically the vision of the house of the Lord here today. And so glad to be in the house of the Lord this morning, just trusting that God is going to use his word to confirm some things and then to set us straight some things. So Hebrews chapter 4, verse 1. I guess you're turning to it. I should turn to it too, huh? facing out a little bit here. We are uh, talking about God's pursuing God's purpose in our life and everything that God does from the very beginning, he does using his word. Everything that's around us was created. The, be, the first words of the Bible are that God created everything by speaking it out, you know? Let there be light. Let there be day and night. Let there be the stars and in the, in the sky and the moon at night and, and, uh, and the sun by day. And let, so, so God is speaking these things. He calls out Abraham. He calls out Moses. He calls out uh, uh, each of these men that He calls out. He calls them out with giving them a word and uses His word to draw them in and draw them To strengthen them, to give them a purpose and a call, to reveal their purpose and their call. God, everything God does, He's doing in this process. And uh, how many of you don't like the process? Raise your hand. Uh, I was thinking today as I was making some oatmeal, I don't like instant oatmeal. I like oatmeal that takes five minutes to make. Five long minutes. We don't got time for five minute oatmeal. We got what, one minute oatmeal in our life, you know, but five minute oatmeal. So I was making some oatmeal this morning and making the oatmeal, and in about three minutes, it looked like probably I could have eaten it then, you know. It wasn't as good, but it looked like it, you know, but, but the process takes five. How long do you think five minute oatmeal takes? Five minutes. Five minutes. That's what it takes. It doesn't take three minutes. You'll, he'll have an unsatisfactory life if you don't let God work in His process of purification. And we don't, I don't like it. At three and a half minutes, I was ready to eat. Actually, I was ready to eat before that. But at three and a half minutes, I was ready to eat. Four minutes, I was ready to eat. Four and a half minutes, I was ready to eat. Five minutes, I was really ready to eat. But the process takes some time. What God is doing in you takes some time. And uh, it's not always pleasant, the process. It's not always enjoyable. You don't even understand the process. But just know this that in the process the process that god has you you're going to have to go all the way through the end how many think that was a good word for somebody else but not for you right here so no, that's, that's good everybody didn't recognize that was for you so the, the the idea here is that that god has a process in this process he uses his word all along the way in the process everything that happens in our life happens through the process god uses his word to plants a word in you whether it's a word of salvation or a word of deliverance or a word of correction, God uses that word to speak to us. But there's a limit on the word of God. The very word of God that spoke everything into existence, the very word of God that uh, uh, directed apostles and, 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 and sent out prophets, that very word of God can be limited by something very powerful. We see that in Hebrews chapter 4, verse 1. Therefore, since the promise of entering His rest stands let us be careful that none of you be found to have fallen short of it. For we also have had the gospel preached to us just as they did, but the message they heard was of no value to them, because those that heard it did not combine it with faith. Those that heard it did not combine it with faith. With faith. In other words, when you hear the word, you're, you're, there's going to, be, have to have to be something that you do with the word. It can't, hearing the word is not just hearing the word. Hearing the word is understanding and applying and grabbing a hold of it and receiving it for yourself, and receiving that word as your own and mixing it with faith, mixing the faith in with it and saying, I believe it, I'm hanging on to that word, and that's what's going to change my life forever. Amen. And so holding on to it, and if we don't do that, if we just let the word bounce off our head, if we just sit in the service and hear the word of God, then what ends up happening is we become hardened in our hearts because we know it all up here, but we haven't allowed any of it to percolate down into the soul that's here in our hearts. So we need that. We need that to be worked out. So, so let me talk to you a little bit about the value of the word of God. The word is, is the thing that initiates all community. In other words, you and I are a part of the great body of Christ because the Word came to us and the Word gave us direction and the Word ministered to us. Salvation comes not because you're a Christian today, not because you grew up in a Christian environment, not because you grew up in a Christian country, not because the laws and things were kind of formed on the truths of the Old Testament, the revelation of God. Not because of any of that. In fact, you're a Christian because you're only a Christian if the power of the Holy Spirit births you anew and the Word of God springs alive. We are made alive. We are birthed by the Word of God. An unchanging Word of God. It comes on the inside of us. It bursts this thing. We respond in faith. We say, I believe that God wants to save my soul. Romans tells us that that redemption comes to us and speaks to us directly and powerfully to us and that gives us this this truth in our life. Uh, so a Christian is a Christian not because you're raised that way, but just because you've experienced the resurrected Christ and his word affecting your life. The Israelites, uh, evidently, according to the author of the book of Hebrews, did not mix their, their, the word that they heard, the promise that they'd heard, the truths that God was revealing to them, did not mix that with faith. And so because he didn't mix it, they didn't mix it with faith, it was of no value to them. The Word is the thing that initiates the the community of faith. In fact, the community of faith should be really a community of the Word. Everything we should do should reflect the Word. Everything we should do should be uh, reflective of that. Christians are known for a lot of things. We're known for televangelists, charity work, social interactions, concerts, all kinds of stuff that we that were good works, you know, uh, fundraisers. I just want to remind everybody to don't forget to talk to Oscar and Roxanne about going to that uh, Puerto Rican dinner next, is that next Saturday, the 11th? Is that the 11th? And so uh, don't forget to, to uh, buy your tickets for that or make a donation or whatever you're going to do. Uh, I heard Oscar's making lechon. Anyway, but uh, we're known for a lot of things. You know, we, in this community, we're known for a lot of things. We're known for pantry ministry. We're known for the coffee house. We're known for uh, outreach to people. We're known to, for uh, helping people who are, are hurting and so because of that, we can, be, we can kind of lose our way, and I want us to come back to the very foundation of who we are. We are a community of the Word of God. Everything about this place should be about the Word of God. Everything should be formed by it. Everything should be, should be shaped by the Word of God. The Word of God defines me as an individual. I do what I do because the Word says what it says. I don't always like to do those things. I'm not always happy to do those things. But I'm happy to be in right standing with God, and so I do those things and know that that's going to shape me. Like I like all kinds of music, all kinds of music. I like uh, orchestral music, I like jazz, I like. Uh, but but I have to limit what I uh, what I listen to. Oh yeah, although yesterday I did something cool. Yesterday I was listening to the soundtrack from the movie Thor, and I was reading the Bible to myself. To the soundtrack of the movie Thor, you know, boom, 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 you know, it, it, you gotta try it. It's pretty awesome. Yeah, it's pretty awesome. It just it just makes it punches that word out. You know, it's really awesome. Anyway, so um, so I but I have to I like lots of different kinds of music and and so I can listen to music. But I have to like some, maybe you've had this experience where you. If you're older like me, you're singing an older song that you haven't sung for a long time since you came to the Lord, and all of a sudden now you start singing the words and you realize, my God, that is filthy. That's a filthy song, you know? And you say, it comes to your mind and you realize, oh man. And that you reject that one out of your playlist of your mind, you know, because you can't, you can't, you can't serve the Word and be doing that. God's working a thing, up here, thing on the inside of us. He's trying to change us, trying to make us who He's, who he's called us to be and trying to shape our lives. And he uses the word dramatically to do that in our lives. So, uh, you know, I like stuff that has, uh, I like music that has, this is like about me, I like long walks on the beach and I like, no. Uh, so I, I, like, uh, I like music that reflects the values that I, that I like, you know. Uh, one of my, I like, so I kind of gravitate towards country music, not necessarily because I like country music better, but because it, has, it tells a story and the stories have a moral and, you know, and so I, most of those, I, I, no, I'm not the honky tonkin' kind of stories. You know, I, I, I can't listen to those. I don't listen, I listen to beer drinking, you know. Uh, I can't listen to that because that doesn't fit my, the morality of what, I, what I'm shaped by the word. I reject even that, that music because I don't want it to shape me. Listen, trust me, my life was shaped by the things, by sex, drugs, and rock and roll, you know, before I knew Jesus. And now, so I want, I'm guarding the deposit the in my heart like Seth preached the other night, guarding this deposit that God has put on the inside of me because God has, has, has shown me that his word works as long as I don't put something in there that's not, that's not fighting against the word. You have something on the inside that's fighting against the very word of God that's speaking into you. You say, well, you know, isn't the word of God more powerful than anything? But it needs to be mixed with faith, and so we have to have that working on the inside. So we can sit and listen, but that doesn't, you, know, you could sit in a garage. That doesn't make you a car. You can sit in a church, it doesn't make you a Christian. Even hearing the gospel it doesn't do anything until we mix our, our faith. At least that's what the scripture that we're reading today talks about. So I listen to, to certain music. So I like a, a, a song by a guy, it's called Just Another Day in Paradise, you know, I won't sing it for you, but it's Just Another Day in Paradise, it's about a guy who's, who's, everything's going wrong and his, his, his washing machine doesn't work, his milk was sour, you know, the kids are screaming and you know the the song is just another day in paradise because ironically that's what paradise is to him. It's his house with his broken washing machine and his sour milk and his uh, his wife who's kind of fussing at him about stuff. And that's what paradise looks like. So and I can resonate with that. Now same guy wrote a different song called uh, same guy wrote a different song called you know you can you know that uh, ooh ooh you look good, Carlene or something like that. Uh, I, and I like that song, but I shouldn't be singing that song, So, because I have a niece named Carlene, and that's really wrong. So anyway, uh, so I say all that to say that there are certain songs I just cut out of my, my playlist, I don't want to listen to them because they, they do stuff in your head, right? Because I don't want anything in here that's conflicting with the Word of God that I'm listening to and putting in my mind. In fact, I determined that the Word of God is the most important, most powerful thing and the most important thing that I put in my mind every day, more important than my vitamins more important than my, my, uh, my prescriptions, more important than my job, more important than my marriage, more important than anything in my life, the Word of God. So you may have to look at your wife or your husband and tell them, listen, I just realized you're not as important as I thought you were. Go ahead and tell them that. Um, the, rea- the reality of it is that the Word of God is it bring, comes to us and brings Redemption. I want to talk to you a little bit today about a couple of things that the Word of God does and kind of, kind of challenge you to become a person of the Word of God to where you're saturated and soaked in the Word to where you really become that person that's just so chock full of the Word that it just comes out of you everywhere you go. Man, um, I, I just got... You, you ever have those things, you just hear a story and it just evokes emotion? Uh, in first service... Uh, uh, Leah Sobolsky, my daughter, uh, got up and and said, showed a bunch of books that someone had donated from across the nation. Actually, from the West Coast, they had seen that we needed new books for the nursery, and so this gal uh, donated them in the name of her father, Howie Kramer. And I was so so evoked uh, uh, in a response out of me. I just kind of just started crying because Howard was our one of our, you know, our very first. Uh, elder here he's going on to be with the lord and but his daughter sent those in his name it was just so precious to do that and so uh, sometimes things just evoke that the word does that in us and it just brings in an, an emotional a spiritual response to us so it says in romans chapter 10 that that we are redeemed by the word we hear the word faith is raised up you know faith comes by hearing and hearing the word of god and, the, and the, we suddenly hear the word and we have faith to say hey God, wants, God loves me so much that he sent his only begotten son for me, and then suddenly our faith reaches out and grabs it and says, I believe that God is not a doesn't show favoritism, that he's not a, a respecter of persons, but that he'll, he'll, he'll do the same for me as he's done for others. And so I believe that, and redemption in our life begins by our belief and trust in the Word of God. The word redeems us. The word brings, brings redemption into our life. Yes, the Holy Spirit's at work at the time. God is moving on you, but it's the Word of God that comes in. In fact, in Ephesians chapter five verse 26, it says that we are cleansed by the washing, with the water, with the word. So there's an ongoing process that happens. As I read the word, I'm being cleaned up. There's a, clean. There's even just living in the world that we live in and working in the world that we live in, you run into stuff and things come get deposited in your mind. You see things, hear things. Uh, you're, you're around things that, that that make you feel not so clean. And so you come back to the Lord. You, you bring yourself back to the Lord's Word. And you begin to read and there's this washing with the water with the Word that happens, this cleansing, sort of a ritual bath, if you will, of your soul to kind of cleanse all this stuff that happens because the Word of God is living in action Active and it's starting to work on the inside of your life. The Word of God gives me direction, according to Psalm 119. Wherewithal shall a young man cleanse his way? How do I cleanse myself? How do I direct my paths? How do I how do I make sure that I'm on the right path? The Word of God gives me this direction and 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 points me in the right direction and and shows me the way that I should go. You say, well, don't you have enough brains to figure that out? No. uh, If I use my own brains, then I will end up the way I was before I knew the Lord. Amen. You know, there's a little stupid, as I said earlier in the, in the first first uh, service. There's a little, and actually this got the most hand raised of anything else that I said. There's a little stupid in every one of us, even though we're saved. We're still a little stupid in there. How many of you know there's still a little stupid? Raise your hand if you still got a little stupid in you. Yeah. Yeah. Some of you are underestimating the little stupid in you. Yeah. The Word gives me... Direction and so it points me on the right path and it works in my life and it 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 it, uh, gives me a vision. There are things that I'm doing now that there's no way I could have ever done back in the day when I first came to the Lord. The Lord has directed my path, given me the. Now I could barely speak English back then. Now I can read Greek. You know that's not according to me. That's what the Lord did in me. You know, So so there are things that I learned and, and things that God worked in me because of, the, because of the Word. As that Word is deposited in my life, I become richer and fatter and healthier and stronger because of what God has put into my spirit. I become a better person having spent time in the Word. And I know where I'm going because my, my path is directed. I don't always know what the end result is going to be, but I know that I'm moving in the right direction because the Word of God has given me the direction, shining a light unto my path, as the scripture says, moving me in the right direction, moving me in the direction that I that i ought to be going. And in Matthew 13, we learn that, that the word does a teaching in our life, that, that, that it teaches us who we are and it shapes us who we are. And, the, and it, it does more than that, it's, it's active creating a 30, 60, 100 fold return. Remember that we call it the parable of the seed. But in reality, it's the parable of the soils. Because the seed's the same on every patch of dirt. But every patch of dirt is different. And so the seed goes into the dirt, and depending on what's in the dirt, is how, how much uh, fruit there's going to be out of the seed that goes down there. And when Jesus is asked to explain this parable... He says the seed is the Word of God. In other words, the Word of God comes to you and it works something on the inside of you, something that you don't even know. What's I mean, When you hold up a seed and look at it in your head, it doesn't look like very much, you know. but if you could see the fruit that it was going to become, think of the majesty of the God who created this whole idea of this is an orange seed or a or pumpkin seed. We see pumpkins around. A, punk, a pumpkin seed is just, like, it just looks like a big seed, right? Pumpkin, I say pumpkin. Yeah, I know. Okay, so I say, so the pumpkin seed is is nice big seed, and and but you don't have any idea how many more seeds the pumpkin seed is going to make when you put it in the ground. It's full of abundance. It's full of, of of tons and tons of possible pumpkins. The amount of pumpkins that are in one seed is in it's in unfathomable. There's no way for you to even guesstimate the amount of pumpkins that are in that one seed. And the same thing happens with the Word of God. It comes in your life, it's got so much to do on the inside of you and so much it wants to do as it leaks out of you and goes into the lives of other people. Those lives will be changed too. We should make sure we recognize we don't consume the Word just for ourselves. We should be pregnant with the Word. We should be walking around with it. It should be on our lips. It should be ministering to people. This community, this, this whole community should be affected by the Word that comes out from us. In fact, this church should be a community of the Word of God, so that the Word of God flows in and out of the pews between us, not just from the pulpit. I'm not just talking about the pulpit. Now, you you notice in some churches, you go to a church, the church will have an altar in the center, and the pulpit is off to the side. There's a truth that's revealed in the architecture of this church. Dead center in the middle of this uh, platform up here is the uh, the, uh, uh, platform to preach. It is the Word of God, because the Word of God is central to what we're supposed to be doing here in this church. It's not about experiences at the altar. It's not about a baptism, as important as that is. It's not about all those other things. It's about the Word of God, because this is the one thing that I know absolutely will change your life forever. How do I know? Because I can guarantee it, because it has changed my life forever. You can tell other people what you think, give them your opinions, They probably don't want them, but you could give them to them. But but the one thing that is last, Jesus said heaven and earth will pass away, but my word will last forever and ever. My My word will go on for eternity. The one important eternal thing that you can deposit in someone's life, you don't have to quote chapter and verse, but you have to give the truth of that into someone's life because that's what you've been called to do. To be spreaders of that word. And so Jesus is saying in this thing, In this parable in Matthew chapter 13, that the that the seed is is spread all over the ground, and that there's the possibility of 30, 60, 100-fold return for that because of the depending upon the quality of the soil in our life. And I'm getting better. I'm getting more and more uh, better soil. I'm getting what makes better soil? Manure. You have to go through some stuff, I guess. (laughs) That's what makes it better, I guess. You have to go through some stuff, right? That make Right. Next time you're going through it, just remember, this is making the soil better. Right? This is making, when God comes in, He wants to take a rock out of your life, wants to remove some stuff, that's going to that's make the soil better, and that's better for the Word, for the Word to get in there. When you, know, when you go through some, some things, you get tenderized a little bit, so you can, you can be a better uh, carrier of the Word of God. Uh, the Word gives us a vision of our life. In James, it tells us that, that uh, we can look at the word and it reflects back to us like a mirror. I talked about this a a week or so ago, but I'll use the same illustration because I'm kind of a one-note pony. Anyway, so uh, I went, we were uh, bow hunting. Ben and I were bow hunting down at my farm, and I didn't shoot anything, but I came back, and we made uh, something for dinner, and I was walking, I'd take all my camo off, you know, and put it in another room, and walking around, and Ben said to me, hey, you still have camo makeup all over your face. You know, I have this kind of green and brown stuff I put all over my face so I look like a tree. And so, and so that may not fool you, but it fools a deer. So I had it all over my face, and I'm like, yeah, I'll, I'll wash it off later. And then I forgot, and I went to bed, and I you know, slept all night like a tree. You know, slept like a log. And, uh, slept, and then, <laughs> that's a good joke, I just made that up. Anyway, so then I woke up and I went to the bathroom. And as I went to the bathroom and brushed my teeth, I looked in the mirror and there was a tree looking back at me. And I realized I left that that camel makeup on my face. I didn't even know. I'm walking around the house. Everybody's talk, you know, treat me like I'm normal, but I'm not. I have this stuff all over my face. And so, and the thing is, everybody in the house could see it. Everybody knew about it except me. It was, you know, it's kind of like our pride or our ego. You know, a lot of times we think we're humble, but everybody else knows. Not so much, right? And so it's only until you look in the Word of God. The Word of God says in James that when we look, and it, it's like a mirror reflecting back who we really are. And all of a sudden, you realize, oh, see, it's not enough for my wife to tell me you're not humble, you're proud. It's not enough for somebody else to tell me. See, the Word of God sets us free from our past. So we learn to to, to neglect what they're saying about us out there. We learn to neglect about what your even your mama what she said about what she says about you behind your back. Uh, we, we, you look back away from all that stuff, God has something clearer uh, for you, but you cannot see it until you look in the Word of God. And suddenly you re, you're, it's revealed to you what everyone else can see. The Word of God reveals to you, you. You don't even know who you are until, until you see that. And so you, you, you suddenly get this uh, revelation in your, in your mind and your heart and you kind of have that opened up on the inside of you uh, there is, uh it, it's, it's used in, in warfare. Matthew 4, uh, Jesus uses the Word of God as a weapon against the enemy whenever the enemy comes in to try to defeat him. He, Jesus uses the, the, the Word to defeat the enemy. And when the enemy comes to you and tries to lie to you, then you, you, find, that, you find that the Word of God sends him fleeing. It's, uh, we see that in John 15, verse 5, it says, "If you abide in me, and I abide in you, and my words abide in you, you can ask whatever you will, and you will be done for you." So Jesus is saying to us that the word hidden in our hearts shapes us, not only defines us, not only guarantees the answer to our prayer, but also shapes the, the request. We begin to think differently when the word gets in. The word gets down in there, and suddenly we're, we're changed. We're no longer thinking the way we think. We're not asking for the things we used to ask for. Now we're asking for things. Totally, We used to ask for things for ourselves. Oh, gimme, 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 like a kid on Christmas. Now, we suddenly start seeing what God wants to do on the earth. And we start embracing His desires and the things that He wants to see. I want my neighbor saved. I want my neighbor's children saved. I want them set free from drugs and all those things. And as we begin to pray for those things, we we suddenly get the heart of God, and the heart of God is revealed to us. That all comes from the Word of God. That that has to come when we spend time in the Word of God. And if we don't spend time in the Word of God, then we find ourselves uh, uh, moved around. The Scripture says in Hebrews 5 that that the Word of God is milk to the young believer, but it is meat to the mature believer. Sometimes I run into Christians who say, you know, I don't want to listen to the Word of God. The reality of it is we should be we should be so stoked to listen to the Word of God to have our life challenged. You never outgrow the Word of God. You don't ever outgrow food, do you? No, the food you eat now is different than the food you used to eat, right? But it, see, the difference between milk and meat, you want to know the difference between milk and meat in the Bible? Milk is... is Meat that's already been chewed up by somebody else. Think of a baby at the breast of her, his, or her mother. That, that, that baby is being fed by meat chewed up by the mom. Right? It's just it's all meat. It's just has to. There's one other step in the process. And so the word comes to us, and it promises us this potential on the inside, this growth potential on the inside, challenges us to get into it. See, look, we all want to be, we all want to have great experiences and the power of God move on our life. We want to see miracles. We want to see all those things. We want to be using the prophetic. We want to have all these wonderful things. All that flows from the Word of God. I don't. If I was God, I wouldn't give my prophetic spirit to anyone who didn't know the Word. Because it would be tempting for them to violate the Word with the very prophecy that they give and you know we have a word for that it's called false prophecy the word brings success in joshua chapter 1 verse 8 if you meditate on these words then you'll be successful in what you're what you're trying to. the word meditate and the word meditate means to regurgitate and and go over it and over and over not just do your devotions in the morning but rather open up the bible read the word of, in the morning and then and then think about that all day long chew that over stop and make a, mo- a point a moment where you go, where you go back and say what did i read this morning what was it saying to me what and just chew it over over and over be thinking about it if we do that every day we cannot help but be successful in our path in pursuing god because that success will come based on the word that's been planted in our heart and in jeremiah chapter 15 verse 16 we learn that the word of god is the joy of our heart even when it's bitter even when it's harsh even when it's challenging every day god asks you and i to do something that we don't want to do god's unfriendly like that he's not about making you comfortable we learned last week that if you serve a god that only makes you comfortable and never wants (laughs) to rock your boat you serve an idol God wants you to serve the living and true God. And if that makes you uncomfortable, then you just have to be uncomfortable. Every day I'm uncomfortable. I read the Word. God challenges me to be better than I am. He reflects back to me who I am. He challenged me with me what I could be. He challenges me with the vision that He has for my life. He challenges us with the vision that He has for His church. That this place would be this, 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 this house filled with the Word. That the Word would go forth in this house from every person in this place. If we understand that to be the vision of the house, then we begin to recognize what God wants to do. He's building a community of people. Uh, you know, I, I, don't, I don't really know why God doesn't download immediately into our life everything that He wants <laughs> us to do. We would freak out probably. if That little... 18-year-old hippie boy smoking a joint in the woods there who thought he was so spiritual because he carved a cross and a tree. If that young man would have seen what God wanted to do with his life, he would have freaked out and ran the other direction. Because God reveals His purpose and His plan in our life little by little by little. But when God does that, we have to mix that with faith. We have to believe the promise that He lays out before us. We have to cling to the Word that He gives us. It's not enough for me to hear it preached. It's not enough for me to to hear a podcast or, or watch it on TV or hear it in church. It's not enough for me to read it with my own eyes. It's not enough. I have to mix it with faith. I have to challenge and stretch My faith. Your faith is constantly being strained and stretched. You can fight against what God's doing in your life. You will lose. That's the bottom line. You say, I don't like the process. Well, you can get yourself a sign and protest outside every church in town. But you know what? The process is still the process. Five minute oatmeal takes five minutes. And that's the way it works. We have to submit to the process, submit to the purpose that God is working in us, and mix it with faith. I believe, even in the, the junk I'm going through right now, God is going to be glorified in my life. I believe the Word of God, I believe the promise that He made me, that He redeemed me, that He saved me, that He has a purpose for my life, that I'm moving forward and there's nothing that's going to stop, that the Word of God, as Ray said this morning, will not come back void. If I believe that, then why would I not want to fill my soul with the most powerful thing that God has on this planet? So let's pray. Thanks for listening to today's message. We hope you were blessed by it. If there's anything that we can do to help you further your relationship with God, we would love to be a part of it. You can contact us through our website, www.burwinag.org. Thank you, and God bless.